Vibrations Podcast, Part 28, Tony Gormley. Hi, I'm Gary Brightman, and this is my bi-weekly podcast called Vibrations. Established in 2018, Vibe is a book and music shop situated in Moi Wo on Lantau Island in Hong Kong. So, what's been happening at the shop over the past week? Today is July the 1st, and Hong Kong SAR establishment public holiday. As usual, Vibe is open, as it is every single day of the year. In fact, usually public holidays are our busier days, given people come over to Lantau for the day. I've now cracked my holy grail to get Vibe podcasts published on Spotify. In fact, in registering onto podbean.com and gaining an RSS feed, I've now got totally carried away with podcast publishing. These podcasts are now available on YouTube, Apple, Podbean, Spotify, Google, Amazon, TuneIn, Stitcher, Listen Notes, and a few others. To subscribe on your preferred platform, just type Vibrations or Gary Brightman. Back in March, a View TV presenter and actor called Danny Tang Ho Kung contacted me to ask if I'd be interested in two members of Hong Kong's biggest canto pop band, Mirror, being filmed at Vibe. Since establishing Vibe three years ago, I made a personal rule to never decline any form of advertising for the shop, and during this time, we've had film crews over, as well as interviews and articles for magazines and newspapers. So, in April, both Ginger and Tiger from Mirror rocked up at Vibe and allowed me to give a little interview and then sang for me and finally presented me with an extremely limited edition box set of their first album. Mirror are currently on at least two View TV 99 shows, Be A Better Mirror and the Euro 2020 football show, as well as singing the theme tune for it. And so, episode 13 of Be A Better Mirror showcased Moi Wo as they filmed in Buffalo Strength Gym, Cafe Azara, The Kitchen, The Cook Food Market, and of course, Vibe. You can see this episode on our YouTube site at Live at Vibe HK. The day the show was going out on View TV, I posted on Facebook some photos of me with Ginger and Tiger. Little did I know that this was the equivalent of lighting the touch paper to the Chinese New Year fireworks show. Over the following 48 hours, I received around 5,000 likes, loves, pictures and messages from Mirror fans and offers to name my price for the limited edition CD. I decided at the time I was presented with the CD that I would never sell it, but instead keep it at Vibe for all Mirror fans to enjoy selfies with. So, Vibe is now well on the map with Mirror Canto pop fans in Hong Kong and not a day goes by when we're not visited by them. Oh, happy days! This Saturday, the 3rd of July, we have our second Tiny Desk gig of the year with Ryan and Will playing their brand of alt-rock and indie music. You can drop by to see them at 2pm or listen on Facebook Live from our Vibe Silvermine Bay Facebook site. And so, to this week's interview, the second of our three Scottish community members. From Glasgow, Scotland, weighing in at 0.08 metric tonnes, Tony Gormley. Tony does some law 
and owns a gym, Buffalo Strength in Moiwo. He wasn't a raging success as a lawyer on a professional, financial or even personal level. He had the odd successes and met a lot of interesting people and it paid the bills. Owing to volatile circumstances, he's not comfortable speaking in detail about his professional activities during the last 24 months, but it involved a lot of waiting in cells and enjoying luxuriantly cold air conditioning in winter. He also contributed to the odd book for Holsbury's. The gym is his passion and his medicine. He started it in 2018 during a fit of depression, but doesn't want to wholly credit that for the small success it has become. Their members are largely lovely people who have made his business sustainable in spite of the shutdowns this and last year. They are the cream of humanity and they will be your friend. I'd urge you to go and meet them. Welcome to Vibe Sony. Right, cheers Gary. As we do, we're going to start off with 10 questions. Uh, the first question is, do you have a favourite book or author? Uh, yeah, uh, I didn't have to prepare this one. Uh, Lanark by Alistair Gray. It's maybe the first important book that I read. It's hard to classify. I don't yeah. know if you've heard of it before. I haven't, I haven't, and I should have, I'm sure. <laughs> so this, is, uh, this is Magnum Opus. It's a, a book in four parts, or a story in four books. It starts with book three. It goes on to a prologue. Then there's book one and book two. Okay. Book four... Uh, and then there's an epilogue, three chapters before the end of the novel. Right, so okay. An unusual structure. Yeah, that's somewhere writing. So, what what genre is it? Uh, sci-fi. Extremely um, hard to. Uh, sci-fi is yeah. quite not bad. Allegorical fiction. Uh, it's the same character in all four books. In book three, which is the first yeah. book, he's arriving into a dystopian afterlife. Okay. Uh, having drowned himself at the end of book two, which is wow. the third book. I, I say allegorical fiction because the dystopian afterlife bears a, a heavy resemblance to Glasgow. <laughs> That's right. There's the link. Favourite musical artist? At the, at the moment, uh, I, I found this uh, lady called Ronnie Spector. Oh, yeah. Who used to be the lead singer for the Ronettes, and she did two single albums. Yeah. At the moment, that's pretty much all I'm listening to and I've got it playing in the gym as well all okay. the time much to the chagrin of uh, yeah, you know, people who prefer something a bit heavier but in general <laughs> that's, that's, that's nothing like what I listen to I, I like um, punk music uh, more towards the, the poppy end yeah yeah. I like a yeah. sort of high energy Yeah. I'm not so much into like the more angry nihilistic but the heavy I like Minor Threat I like Fugazi but my favourites would be more like the Ramones, oh, no effects. Yeah. Yes. Well, you're talking my language. <laughs> Same sort of thing. Okay. Um, preferred drink? Beer. Yep. Uh, and too much of it. Do you have a life motto? Wherever you go in life, never take an idiot with you. You can always find one when you get there. Favourite Hong Kong walk? I'd say the walk between my house and my gym. I do it yeah. every day. Uh, I, I meet people I know on the way. Yes. I can pop into the shop if I've got a few minutes and have an hour. It's not some ambitious hike. No. It's not fantastic views, but it's, it's I like here. Yeah. Like this place. So that's yeah. my favourite walk. Favourite Hong Kong restaurant? I, I don't really eat out that much. Faced with a python whilst walking up to the peak, what would you do? Uh, I'd be very quiet as I approached and try to nab a mm. picture so I could 
share my adventures. Yeah. Finish this sentence. I live in Hong Kong because... No, I guess uh, that's a kind of fluid answer because, you know, this is where my, my girlfriend and my dogs, which is sort of my family, that's yeah. where they are. It's where my business is. It's, it's where I found happiness more than uh, other places I've lived. I've lived in a couple of places. I've lived in Africa before. I've lived in Canada and Montreal. I've travelled around a bit. Okay. Here's where I've uh, built something. And, you know... It, it didn't. I didn't fall in love with the place right away. It grew on me. So it's really where you call home, isn't it? I suppose. Yep. Yeah. Final question: Do you have a favourite area of Hong Kong? I'm going to be boring and say here again, but I, I, I can't answer here again aside from here. You uh, can actually, because I, I tell you what, surprisingly, I've interviewed. 28, 30 people now, and the large percentage of them live here, say here. here. <laughs> uh, aside from here, um, I'd say Shanshui Po, Prince Edward, Mongkok, that whole area, that's where yeah. the best shopping is. It's where you can find the best bargains, Yes. the most interesting shops and people, and you can make new discoveries every time you go there. What made you come to Hong Kong? Uh, a bad breakup, probably. Okay. Um, I, I did my degree in Chinese studies. And uh, after that, um, everyone in my cohort was going into investment banking. Yeah. And I thought, bugger that. <laughs> so uh, my, my girlfriend at the time uh, was uh, attending McGill University for her thesis. Uh, and so I sort of aimlessly followed her there. Yeah, OK. Uh, I, I got a job working in a pub. I did that for about a year and a half. And then... Uh, broke up with her and only one of us could have Montreal. So, yeah, uh, okay, fair enough. <laughs> so it left me without, uh, without really a destination or a goal. And yeah. I had a friend who was studying law here and he says, it's a common law degree so even if you don't choose to stay here you know, you, you've travelled someplace new, you've got a bit of experience and then you can use that common law degree to practice in other jurisdictions, which could, yeah. you know, could be Australia, New Zealand, back home. So I thought, okay, I'll give that a shot. It's only two years. Is it, really? For a postgraduate law degree, yeah, for the Juris Doctor. Okay. So that then brought you to Hong Kong, and you studied your last two years, the two years of that degree here? That's right, yeah. I didn't have any concrete intention to stay here long term. I don't think many people do. So whereabouts did you go to university? Went to Edinburgh University. Yeah. uh, And that involved a year abroad in uh, mainland China, which for me was uh, Dalian. Okay. uh, In the north... The, the every single year before us got to go to Beijing, yeah. So I was gutted, <laughs> yeah, not to denigrate Dalian, yeah. It's not Beijing, it's not no you know, a cultural hub, it's yeah. not as exciting. It's a fishing town that's sort of graduated to a big port city, okay. So everything's very industrial. I was an experience, you know. I like yeah. I like to go outside my comfort zone. I always have, yeah, okay. which is funny because I live here now. Okay, so you studied in Edinburgh. You, you finished off your education. You then found yourself in Montreal. You came here because your friend recommended to come here, and, and that's where you finished your law degree. That's right, yeah. And did you then um, did you practice law then after that? Or yeah, that's when I decided that I wanted to stay here at least for a while. If you want to practice in Hong Kong, you have to do another postgraduate qualification called the PCLL. Okay. That only takes a year, so I did that. And then you get an option whether to practice as a barrister or a solicitor. And I just fell in love with the wig. Yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't you? You have to do. <laughs> you have to do a year's pupilage, which is unpaid. Uh, you spend time in more experienced barristers' chambers. 
you assist them with uh, their preparatory work, sometimes a bit more than preparatory work, depending on the pupil master. So I came here in 2008, I graduated with the JD in 2010, graduated the PCLL in 2011, a year of pupillage, so I finally started practicing in 2012. So you're in Hong Kong now, you're starting to like it, it's, t it's 2012. How long did you practice law for? Are you still practicing law? I'm, I'm still practicing law. Being yep. a barrister gives you a lot of freedom. Yeah. Uh, not a lot of cash unless you're very senior and very high up. But a lot yeah. of freedom in terms of how you work and what work you take. You don't have to turn up to the office every single day. After a couple of years of basically taking everything that arrived in my desk, yeah. at which point I, I was renting a, a chamber's office in Central, I really got fed up. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. And I was living here anyway. You were living in Moi Wai I was living in Moi Wai anyway, so yeah. you were trying, yeah. So I was uh, commuting every single day. First couple of years I was practicing. Uh, I was drinking far too much. Like the drinking culture at Chambers was incredible. And then I realized, oh my God, I'm going to die. I, I moved out of the Chambers there and I started a, a home office and uh, I took my work there. And it wasn't um, until a few years later the, the drinking subsided. I got back into working out, which I'd, I'd done since I was about 17. I always enjoyed lifting weights. I used to bodybuild. I right. don't anymore, obviously. Um, I'm more into powerlifting now and uh, jiu-jitsu and a couple of other things. Okay. But uh, starting up Buffalo Strength, I had to commute every single day to get to a decent venue. Not to say that our government gym is useless, yeah. but it doesn't have the equipment you need if you're a bit more serious. Especially if you if you want to lift free weights, if you okay. want to do Olympic lifting, if you want to do power lifting, really if you want to develop your strength overall, then free weights are a must. And the government gym really just has machines and some cardio equipment, basically things that doesn't require a lot of supervision. Okay. You can't hurt yourself with. Yeah. The staff can kind of show you a three-hour induction video, which yeah. is required yeah, yeah. if you want to join, and yeah. then just take a step back. Yeah, and they don't have to invest a lot. Of it's personal safe. It's safe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that wasn't enough for me, and it wasn't enough for uh, a lot of people living here. That and the uh, difficulty of the joining procedure. They require you to do, undergo this three-hour in induction. Yeah, just watching a video. I've heard of this. And uh, they only hold this session every two months, and there's only about ten or twelve places for it. So I thought, well, there's a gap in the, in the market there in two respects. One people who are a bit more serious don't have the equipment they need and two people who you know might just want to turn up and use the gym and have yeah. a workout and uh, they can't because they have to jump through these hoops but setting up the place isn't hard you just have to have the location I, yeah. I knew where to get the equipment and get it fairly inexpensively it's not tremendously expensive stuff yeah barbells and plates and all that the value in it is uh you use it as a tool for teaching people the value is really what you put into it right on its own it's intrinsically it's useless yeah if you don't know how to use it lumps could, of metal or whatever isn't oh it? yeah it could even be worse than useless you could hurt yourself with it but yeah, if someone yeah. takes the time to show you how to use it properly and in, invest in the equipment and in you and your yeah. instruction then it can become very very valuable on a personal level because i would imagine actually the the beauty you know going back to what you were saying about the government gym generally i think people make spur of the moment decisions uh, I, I'm, I've got I'm carrying too much weight I'm not as fit as I want to be I want to train a part of my body or I've got an injury that I want to improve and it's not something that they can actually wait two months to do so this is where your kind of gym comes in 
people can come to you and then around their requirements can you then design a program for them or that's that's what we do at like to say, I, I like that observation. Uh, I'd liken it kind of to getting a tattoo. It can be like an impulsive spur of the moment decision. Facilities um, there if you want it, and you know who's to say because it's a spur of the moment decision is going to be uh, the negative thing yes. that you're going to regret. Yeah. No, it could be just in that moment. You need it, you want it. Yes. And uh, if you plan two months ahead, then you might get cold feet. Quote unquote, common sense might get the best of you. Or <laughs> yeah, laziness that's true. in the yeah. case of the gym. So yeah, the fact that you can just walk up and join. Well, no, that's the positive of, of Buffalo Strength, I think. And that's what you bring to the community here. So let's talk a bit then about what you offer in your gym. What, you're you're what? asking me about the program now, I remember. Okay, yes. Uh, so yeah. the basic deal is the membership is for three months. If you just want to join for the day, then you pay 100 for the day and that's fine. If you want okay. to join, it's uh, three months and it's uh, 1950. It works out at 650 a month. Everyone who joins, you don't have to do this, but everyone who joins, I give you a free assessment, which consists of a mobility assessment yeah. and a strength test. So we find out if you've got any mobility issues that would prevent you from using the equipment safely. Yeah. And then uh, if you do, we design the program with that in mind. We hammer all the nails back into place right. before we have you doing any work. Okay. Uh, everyone gets that. Uh, I put together a program, a bespoke program based on what you need to do or what yeah. your goals are. Uh, and I throw in a free personal training session to get you started. Okay. As well as a free group class if you want to try any of the other things that we offer. Okay. Uh, is it is it all about weightlifting there or do you offer sort of cardio and other types of... We have cardio equipment, but uh, really you can get a decent cardio session in with a kettlebell. Okay. And a few rounds also we have these yeah. things called Indian clubs and maces okay. and sandbags, battle ropes, all the functional yeah. equipment. So it's not just weights. Yeah. Um, like I say, there's, and maybe this is a, a bigger topic. Yeah. But really, gyms as a whole have moved on from just lifting weights and yes. you know doing the six big lifts, doing your deadlifts, your squats, your bench. Okay. Everyone in the past trained in this way with very limited equipment. Now it's kind of yeah. opened up as the environment of the gym itself has opened up to more people. Yeah. You mentioned there actually. That's interesting. The six different types of lifts what are the six so if all you have is a barbell and what and do they give you plates, yeah if you do these six lifts you'll hit every major muscle group in your body okay uh your bench press your overhead press your squat your deadlift your romanian deadlift and your row okay uh so as the last one's the roll the, the row okay uh so there's lots of different variations of barbell row yeah i teach a very basic setup okay and of course everyone's got a different body and maybe some parts are stronger than others so I'll have people row from a more vertical standing position perhaps yeah. if their lower back is not as strong okay support that perpendicular I know I'm using my hands yeah you are but yeah so you're, you're making a t-shape with a t your yeah. your hands yeah yeah so your back parallel to the ground is yes. ideal okay uh, if your lower back can't support that I'll have you starting a little bit uh, yeah higher. so sort of inverted at an angle from the T the T is up a little bit your body is arched up a bit oh yeah that's a 45 degree angle instead of a 90 degree angle okay these are the sort of adaptations I'll make for people on the program but yep. if you do these six lifts 
and your goal is to strengthen your whole body and uh, or maintain muscle mass as you're getting older, you don't really need to know anything else. Right. And I teach that as part of the assessment. Okay. I'd like I find the starting numbers for these lifts. Yeah. I'll say, if your goal is nothing else other than strength, you can do these six lifts, and right. you're you're on your way. Okay. If you get more specific goals, then obviously we have to adapt the training. Yeah. But uh, these six lifts—that's all you need to know. So that's the kind of induction. Right. Quote unquote. But you I, you call those lifts? Are they to me? Lift is a. A lift and a, you know, sort of from barbells from the ground up in the air. I suspect you don't, they're not totally lifts, they're, they're motions with those lifts. Is, would I be right in yeah, saying that? Yeah, they're, they're body movements. And again, you can mimic these same movements whether you're using a barbell, which is what I'll teach yeah. in the assessment, yeah. or whether you're using the sandbags or kettlebells, even the maces and the clubs if you're yeah. a bit more interested. But basically, these are the six moves that will hit all the major muscle groups in your body. Yeah, yeah. And if you do this, then you, you don't really need to do anything else. Yeah, so, so you would sort of advocate that, that you don't... It's, a, it's a, I suppose, a more um, grassroots level of exercise than... It, it, it's got very technical, as you say, these days, and people are sitting on bikes, cycling the Tour de France with screens in front of them and having weightings on those, and that's giving him their body a certain level of exercise but in fact you don't have to go that far you can get that level of good exercise for your legs let's say your it, it, lower we'll, body we'll work them in a different way it's yeah. using different energy systems um, okay i mean if you're doing cardio on a bike you're primarily yeah. using oxidation okay. which is burning nutrients to right as your energy source and using a bit of glycogen as well okay. if you're doing heavy intense work like if you're running 100 meters yes uh, which is maybe a closer analogy to doing like a five rep yeah. set squats you'll be using uh, ATP system adenosine okay. triphosphate okay this area um, is kind of neglected for most people who do only cardio they won't be okay. using this energy system they won't be taxing their body in that way yeah and uh, they won't really preserve the lean muscle mass that they need to into old age right okay if they do cardio exclusively and especially cardio yeah in only one plane of motion like okay. cycling or running yeah to work you need to work outside that movement yeah okay yeah so that's what I, that's what i was kind of getting to in a way yeah and i so for me for instance what would you do with me that might be an easy example to give so i'm 60 i've got a dodgy back uh i probably need to get my core strength up a little bit um, but of course I can't if I've my lower back's injured I've got to be careful I don't injure that doing that what 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 would you prescribe for me well uh, the first thing I'd do is take that on board yeah anything yeah uh, I'd have I'd, I'd assess your mobility first I'll see yeah uh, what your squat is like if you can achieve depth and okay. more importantly if you can achieve depth without the knees caving in which yes. is what we call a valgus collapse Without okay. the lower back rounding, without the mid back rounding, yeah, uh, without it causing too much discomfort or pain. Yeah, if you can perform the movement, but it's causing you discomfort and pain, then maybe you have to practice the basic movement a bit more yeah. first before you pick up the weights. Yeah, for your lower back, I'd see how well you can hinge your hips back, which is a, a movement that's mimicked in a lot of other movements: barbell, good mornings, Romanian deadlifts, yeah, things like this. I'm still talking French. You're not <laughs> really because you know some of those things. Uh, they come and almost describe themselves just in their title. But. A hip hinge, yeah. It's basically standing and 
keeping your bum high yeah. and throwing it back and okay. trying to keep a straight back. Yeah. It'll show how much tension your hamstrings can keep, yes. whether your lower back can support the shape. If I see your mid-back rounding, that's what I'll need to strengthen. If I see your okay. lower back rounding, I have to hit there. If yeah. I see the hamstrings shaking, I know yeah. they're not strong enough to support that structure. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's what, I, that's what I mean by hammering the nails back in. Yeah. Because these are natural movements. Yes. Which we train ourselves out of. If you yeah. watch a baby pick something up, the baby squats yeah. right down. They don't bend over at the hips. Yeah. Okay. They certainly don't go, ah. Yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. they squat right down. Yes. So it's it's very natural patterns of movement that we train ourselves out of. Yeah. So, and I, I know for a fact yeah. that no one is really too old or too decrepit or too out of shape to, to give this a go. Yes. Uh, I, I know a lot of people who believe they are. Yeah. But um, people who, and obviously people who have injury, people who have surgery, yeah. people who have things like this, which, will, which are permanent, which will never heal. Yeah. But if you strengthen up the structure that surrounds whichever area you're, you're vulnerable, yeah. then life will be a lot more comfortable. Yes. Uh, and that's the goal for a lot of people. It's really what the gym should be for. Yeah, so let's move on to that then. Yeah. So, you know, my view of gyms is I've always little I've always shied away from them a little bit. I've always thought, oh, they're full of lycra posers, you know, there's mirrors and they're just looking at themselves and looking at the opposite sex as well. And so it's a it's a totally sort of it's not an environment I would feel comfortable in necessarily. Especially if I was a female, then I would feel a little bit um uh, vulnerable in those environments. How would you counter that? How is your gym different to that? Well, I was, I've been there since like the late 90s, the early 2000s, and it was like that. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Uh, it was mostly men, uh, mostly either bodybuilders or powerlifters. You didn't see many people doing it as an yeah. accessory to their main sport, which yeah. of course you see now. Footballers, strength train, everyone really yes. strength trains if they're involved in any kind of sport. But back then, it was the domain of bodybuilders and powerlifters and people doing crazy things and lifting crazy weights and often making crazy noises while they did yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's is, right. Yeah, uh, that's the other thing, isn't it? Yeah. Which is very off-putting yes. for a lot of people. Yeah. It's moved out of the dungeon in the okay. last three decades, let's say. It started yeah. in the early 90s, and then by the time like I'd finished university I'd say it, it, it moved past that people still weren't training and let's say outside those six main yeah. sort of uh, movements yes they weren't doing uh, a lot of mobility work yet they weren't uh, doing high intensity work so much uh, unless they had a, a good trainer right right uh, but it's moved on since then I think people have realized that the science has gotten out basically yes and people realize this is stuff that really everybody should be doing yes um and you know it doesn't have to be extreme it doesn't if you're a runner you don't have to be an ultra marathon yes runner. you can run 5ks and you're a runner yeah um yeah if, if you're practicing jiu-jitsu you don't have to be a black belt and very few people are yeah yeah very few people will become yeah a black they'll belt stay at the lower belts but if you're a yeah. blue belt and you're going to the mat once or twice a week you're a jiu-jitsu practitioner yeah if you yeah. are going to the gym and using it if for no other reason if you get no other goal than to maintain what you've got yeah then you belong in the gym yes you, yeah you, you've got a place there you don't have to go there 
with the aim of, um, like you say, having this impressive shredded physique. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that really will impress few people outside the gym. Yes. And uh, yeah, yeah. not everybody inside the gym either. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's sort of masturbatory. Yeah. Nowadays, it's seen as. Unless you are a professional bodybuilder, dedicated bodybuilder. Yeah. Just doing it for the Instagram scene. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It's, it's not I wouldn't say it's not a valid reason to go to the gym if whatever your reason for going to the yeah. gym that makes you happy that's a valid reason for going to the gym yes but it's not most people's now yeah whereas it used to be yeah so in terms of the services you've already described to us you would assess people going there you you can pretty much cater for any type any any age groups any uh, uh, preferences is there areas that you couldn't or is there areas that you specifically specialize in i wouldn't try and um coach people in olympic weightlifting yeah because it's okay. completely foreign to me yeah and uh very dangerous yeah yeah so um I'd, I'd steer away from there but that's at the far end isn't it yeah. there's most people are in that middle band i suppose aren't they of just needed a bit of fitness or maybe they're a bit of physio but on that level back. i can get anyone started yeah I think. yeah even uh, there are people who have come to the gym I won't mention names, but they're over 70. They've got supreme mobility issues. Yeah. Uh, and maybe confidence issues as well. Yes. If you start them slow enough, it doesn't take long for the neuromuscular connections to rebuild themselves. Right. And people surprise themselves, especially the first few weeks. Okay. Things that haven't worked in decades can just switch back yep. on, almost like Christmas tree lights. Now, that and is interesting, isn't it? I, I'm not making... I'm making a. It sounds like a bold claim, yeah. but I've I've been there. I've That's seen people work this way, and I've seen it happen. Yeah. So I'm not talking pie in the sky. No. This I mean, no bigger motivation, I think, isn't there? Where you've got a problem, a twinge, you start going to the gym, and within two or three weeks, you're starting to see a uh, difference. That's I won't say it's a miracle motiv- cure, but it no, it helps. It helps, and I think that part of it is the psychology as well as the as the physical isn't there once you rediscover these things that you thought were gone forever uh, and this this for me is really why i like powerlifting and why i like the gym in general you you rediscover an agency over your body yeah you you thought was lost and that's a tremendous tremendous mental boost yes if you thought you you were out of control that you were uh, done and then you you rediscover it and you realise I've not been able to do this in 20 years yeah yeah now I can even yeah. if it's just a body weight squat it's um it's tremendous for your mental well-being a session should be around an hour yeah anything, uh, two or three times a week if you're working out at sufficient intensity you shouldn't really be lifting for longer than 45-50 minutes yeah uh, after that your cortisol levels start building up and then actively yeah. start breaking down muscle right okay so actively so goes it, against you after that okay uh, one other question for me <laughs> um, so my tummy is a bit fat um, what sort of exercises would I do to reduce that and improve that uh, you have to well first out you have to work to maintain what you've got You'll yeah. have a good deal of muscle underneath yeah. there. You've got to work to maintain that. The thing about fat is that it's very efficient tissue for your body to maintain. And it will want to maintain it because it's stored energy. 
Fat mm. only takes about one calorie per pound per day to maintain. The equivalent right. uh, weight in muscle takes about 10 calories per pound per day. So if you're in a calorie deficit, which is yep. what's required to lose fat, your body will burn the muscle first and keep the fat yes. unless you give it stimulus to keep the muscle, i.e. to send it the message that this tissue is needed to perform the tasks. Yeah. Yep. So if you, if you want to get rid of the belly, you have to weight train. You have to do some maybe targeted cardio, some yeah. high intensity stuff, uh, not not so much the long distance cardio. Yeah, okay. which is good for like I say, it uses oxidation as the energy source, so it's good for burning fat directly. Yeah, but then it will come right back on. Yeah, okay. Uh, which is yeah, so it's sustaining it, isn't it? Is the, the important thing? It, I mean, because in a way, I totally agree. In my example of what you've just said to me, I, I I walk a lot. You know, I walk the hills. We've got dogs. We and so. And I'm always in. I'm always burning more calories You'll be burning than, than I'm calories. eating. Yep. You know, so I'm thinking, well, why the hell have I still got a stomach? I mean, is it that I'm drinking too much beer? Well, yes. not really. Y- yes. Well, or, uh, <laughs> it's a, you, the body's a machine. Yeah. If you put more in and yeah. you burn off, then it's going to increase yeah. or maintain the weight. So I'd say, and a lot of people do this. I do it as well. They underestimate yeah. exactly how much they're putting in if they're not losing weight. Yeah, which is where you know calorie tracking can come in handy. Yeah, okay. Um, if you if you want to get a bit, which we can all do on our watches more or less. Yeah, these we can days, all do it very easily now. Tracking. Like yeah. uh, back in the day, it used to be pen and paper, yeah, and you had yeah. the calculator out. Yeah, but your iPhone or whatever will tell you all that stuff these days, won't it? Which but, is but to get rid of fat, you have to be in a calorie deficit, and you have to yeah. give your body a reason to maintain the muscle mass. Yeah, and hiking on its own won't necessarily give your body that message yeah because what, what are you using your upper back for when you're hiking you're not using your chest yes definitely not your deltoids yeah yeah uh, yes, you're using body, your legs it, really? but yeah. only in one plane of motion really you know yeah. just your quadriceps you won't be putting a lot of tension in your hamstrings yeah your your lower back maybe it has to support that vertical yeah, position a little bit. but it's not moving yeah. anything yeah so yeah. you have to work in all these different planes of motion to yeah. maintain what you've got so it's not and, enough in itself, is it, really? And also be in the calorie deficit Yeah. to lose the belly. Yeah. Okay. Moi Wo and the greater areas of Poyo and Taiyo. There's a lot of people here, and this is... Your gym is probably the only gym, actually, in that in this whole area. Am I, am I right in saying that? There's a jiu-jitsu gym in Poyo, which is tremendous. Yeah. Um, a, a brown belt teaches there. Which is an incredibly high grade. I'm a big fan yeah. of jiu-jitsu. Yeah, because you said you started off saying about the jiu-jitsu, and I wondered if you were doing classes over there. We are. Our instructor is a blue belt. Uh, there's only yeah. five grades in uh, jiu-jitsu: white, blue, purple, brown, black. Okay. Uh, and we have a blue belt instructor. I've been doing it for three years, and I'm still in my white belt. Right. So wow. That's part of the appeal of it is that you don't get it for free they don't give grades away yeah yeah because yeah. you've been to a certain amount of classes yeah or uh you've been there a certain amount of time or you've paid a certain amount of money you yeah. get a grade in jiu-jitsu once you can beat the other people yeah who don't have that grade okay once you get better and you're actually beating someone who is 100 percent not cooperating with you yeah then then you're yeah. promoted and that's really the litmus right. test for any martial arts yes yeah the, the great thing about it is that you can practice it in a very safe way. It's a grappling-based martial art. Okay, so it's physical. It's, yeah. it's physical, yeah. Hands it's on. very close, very intimate. Even. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like 
judo and like judo uh, like yeah. wrestling wrestling yeah yeah so people can book to do jiu-jitsu classes at buffalo strength they can but again I, I'll, I'll recommend alika's gym in Pueo again okay it's called Pueo hana okay uh, not he's a tremendous instructor Pueo hana so uh just go through the numbers again so somebody comes to you they pay an additional starting fee and then they get the it's 19.50 for the three months works out at 6.50 per month and I do the assessment for free. I do the program for free. Yeah. I do one personal training session, so I can take you through a workout in person for an hour yeah. for free, and you get a group class for free. Our membership is about 40% female. Okay, so that I think that's another very, very big positive. And uh, lots of different age groups as well. Like I say, the, the, yeah. m- the myth is not been completely shattered yet, but it's breaking down. Yeah, okay. And, and the truth is coming out. This is for everybody. Yeah, it's not for just crazy people. Yes. It's not for just egotistical meatheads. Yeah, it's uh, it's for everybody. Yeah. And terms of hours, uh, we're staffed between eight thirty a.m. and twelve p.m. Then again, from five p.m. to ten p.m. Okay. If you want to get in in the middle of the day, I give you your own code for the front door. Yes. So you can come and go as you please. If you want to get in before eight thirty, uh, I prefer you don't come in before seven. Right, but certainly if yeah. you do, common sense rules apply. You have to respect our neighbours. You don't have uh, any other facilities there, do you? Like showers and things, cleaning yep. stuff. Oh, you do. We've okay. Got a shower and uh, bathroom and uh, changing rooms. Okay, so that is a possibility if people want to hop straight on the boat after a, a session. Anything else to say? Do you think, Tony? Uh, thanks for having me. It's uh, been nice to talk about the place. Uh, you know, when you have a kind of free-form conversation, you know, some things are plat. Yeah, like occurred to you that might not have previously. So yeah, yeah. thanks for that. That's an uh, absolute pleasure to have you here, Tony, and thank you very much. All right, thanks, Gary. All right, cheers. cheers. For further details about Buffalo Strength Gym, you can find them on Facebook at Buffalo Strength or on the web at buffalo-strength.com. You can now listen to all our podcasts on YouTube, on Apple on Podbean, on Spotify, on Google, on Amazon and so many more. Just type in Vibrations or Gary Brightman or you can follow the links from my website at vibehk.com. Finally, a reminder that Vibe is open seven days a week every day of the year from 12 noon until approximately 6.30pm. Well, that's it for another week. Thanks for listening to the 28th Vibe Book and Music Shop podcast called Vibrations. I'm Gary Brightman. You get my vibe? Can you imagine what this old island must have looked like to those Dutch sailors when they first saw it? Fresh green. Like a dream of a new world. They must have held their breath. Afraid it would disappear before they could touch it. Thank you.